How's it going, guys? Welcome to the Fantasy Football Forecast. Uh, the forecasters are here back and better than ever. We weren't there last week. I went on vacation and we took a weekend off, so uh, we're back and ready. Uh, we're here with Robert and Billy. Billy, how's your day going, man? Uh, it's going pretty well. Can't complain at all. Can't wait to watch this uh, Bucks and Rockets game. Just one step closer to uh, life being back to normal. Wait, Billy. Uh, yeah. Raptors... Over Lakers, Raptors win the championship. Just saying. Ah oh, man, <laughs> final, okay. So that's your finals prediction, Robert. No, I'm just a Raptors fan, so I have to. Uh, I have to support. Oh uh, yeah, they did whip my Lakers ass last night. I was pretty bummed out about that, but it is what it is. It's not playoff time yet, so I'm not overly worried. But I mean, uh, LeBron's treating it like playoff time, so it might as well be. Yeah, that was that was a little <laughs> worrisome that he didn't show up. Uh, to play yesterday. Uh, now, Billy, you're a big DFS guy. Do you do anything with that uh, with the uh, uh, with the NBA? Yeah, that's probably my uh, favorite sport for DFS is basketball. Okay, so do you got any uh, good players to key on for uh, the Rockets Bucks matchup? Yeah, uh, I'm actually playing Giannis, Chris Middleton, and Daniel House with uh, Eric Bledsoe being out of the lineup for the Bucks. Uh, a lot of usage goes to Giannis and Middleton and uh, DiVincenzo. So all of them are going to have to step up a bit. And then also with Eric Gordon being out for the Rockets, I have Daniel House in my lineup because he's going to be the starting shooting guard. And he'll see about 25 to 30 minutes without uh, Eric Gordon being on the floor. Dude, with them playing the Rockets today, the Greek freak's going to just bulldoze. Well, I mean, yeah. they're going to put like PJ Tucker on him, and PJ Tucker is just going to. I mean, there's there's not much he could really do about that. I think it's going to be a very high scoring game because I see Harden scoring very easily in this game as well. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, Robert, uh, are you an NBA fan? Have you been watching it? Uh, it's pretty much the only sport back. There's uh, Major League Soccer, but I mean, you already know we're not really watching that. So, oh, Robert, looks like you're on mute. Yeah, for sure. Definitely on mute. Hello? Am there I on go. mute now? All right. No, I don't know good. what happened. But um, as far as MLS, uh, it's fine if it's not American. But, you know, the Americans... Just, yes. In, in most situations, American sports tend to be better, like with basketball and, you know, hockey and all this. But um, with soccer, it's just so much better in Europe because they commit themselves to that. Uh, as far as basketball, though, I am a big-time Raptors fan, and um, I, I just enjoy watching. Like, so for NFL, right, like, I'm always into fantasy, whether it's redraft, dynasty. I mean, DFS, I don't do too much, maybe more this year. But because I'm so into fantasy when it comes to NFL and I'm not when it comes to NBA like I feel like I can just sit back and enjoy whatever happens in NBA more you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. so I I kind of enjoy watching NBA more than I enjoy watching NFL at that point um, I mean besides that I like you said I'm really excited for this game tonight though uh, I really think Giannis is is gonna have a great game and then Billy mentioned Harden. I mean, Chris Middleton, or where are they going to put Giannis on? Like, you know, no matter what, who they put on him, Giannis, or James Harden is the best ISO player in the game. So, 
Yeah. Well, uh, our good friend uh, playing to win fantasy says, "What's good, Trey? Always grinding. I am always grinding, but the true grinders are Robert and Billy. Uh, you need to go check out their show, The Dynasty Force Pod, every Wednesday. It's a great show. Uh, and talk about the show. Do you guys know what you guys going to be doing uh, in a couple days? You guys want to highlight that a little bit? Um, that's a great question because we do not know as of this moment. Um, it's something that I've been thinking about here and there, and uh, I know I want to get a guest on. Um, I haven't come to a for sure conclusion. We have some ideas bounced around, uh, but theoretically, I mean, there's only going to be like six more episodes, I think, before the season starts. So uh, we're trying to choose our episodes wisely at this point. Yes. And, uh, Grateful listener, uh, Jason. He's part of the Listener League as well on our uh, Sleeper League. He says, what is this NBA you speak of? I know it's foreign language to a lot of our <laughs> listeners. Um, but thankfully, uh, you know, it's the only sport going on right now. And uh, SWAT X Boomtown says, half point PPR, eight team, two quarterback. Oh, eight team league. I like it with the two quarterback. Uh, you're drafting Kelsey ahead of Chubb. Um, tight end premium. Uh, put uh, put in the chat if there's a tight end premium or not, because that's a big, big choice. Um, but I'm going Chubb here. Uh, I think you need to go running back early in some leagues, just because it gives you that positional advantage. With it being eight team, I mean, there's you could find eight good tight ends, in my opinion. Uh, what do you think, Billy? Yeah. Uh, I would actually go with Kelsey in this situation. At an eight team, you might want to take the advantage of just having like the number one tight end, because I think they're level of replacement of running backs are going to be way more widespread and easily more available in a team league compared to like an average 12 to 14 league. Um, what about you, Robert? Uh, he mentioned no premium. That makes me more inclined to say Nick Chubb, uh, though I do have Nick Chubb lower in my rankings for this season because I think he and Nick, uh, Kareem Hunt are going to eat into each other a little bit. Um, I just think that in the future you're getting uh i i believe nick chubb is a top five if not you know definitely top 10 running back in the league talent wise they've made improvements to the offensive line they're going to commit to the running game so they say so Mm -hmm. you know i while i am not in love with him this year because kareem hunt is also going to be on the field his long-term outlook looks beautiful so i would Definitely, definitely be taking Chubb here because running back, having a great running back is not, you know, something to just kind of blow, blow over. I mean, having a great tight end is great, but as you said, Trey, eight teams, I feel like it's easier enough to replace that tight end position. And I would say with it being two quarterback, I would go quarterback first two rounds and then attack it for the rest of the draft. But that's just what I do whenever I'm in super flex. So especially two quarterback leagues because two quarterbacks, uh, you got to start them every week. It's nice to have very good ones uh, over other people. Um, but let's move on to our quick question. Our, we're going to do a quick question of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or question mark, question mark. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, I'm going to be going through the top 12 ADP players, uh, starting at 12, working my way down to one. Uh, and you guys are going to be telling uh, our listeners and our followers just if you're taking, taking Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or this player. Because uh, with Damian Williams sitting out, 
uh, opting out for the season. Everyone has been saying Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is a top three to five running back now in 2020. And I think that's crazy, but we'll see what you guys have to say. Um, the first one we're going to go in is Kenyon Drake or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Billy, what do you think for 2020? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Do you agree, Robert? Yeah, I have to. Um, Kenyon Drake, I mean, the risk of the Arizona offense, like a lot of people don't want to acknowledge it, but it is riskier in a sense. Like we thought Cleveland was surefire last year, and then, you know, things fell apart. So uh, we know Kansas City is a great offense, so I'm taking Clyde. Okay, time for the next one. How about Miles Sanders or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? What do you think, Robert? This one's tougher. Um, I like Miles Sanders a lot this year. I think I have him ranked as my RB8 on the season. Um, I think I'm going to take Clyde, though, just because the offense is sure to be better in Kansas City. Yeah. Do you have to agree with that one, Billy? Um, Not even that. I just feel like uh, sometimes we often project players that – we haven't seen fully get all the snaps. And if Miles Sanders got 100% of the Eagles' backfield snaps, I would definitely feel more comfortable with taking Miles Sanders. But um, I think I would like to chase the upside of Clyde Everett-Hilaire just off the aspect that he can just be on the field more than Miles Sanders. Yeah, and this is a good uh, – this next one's a good one. It's uh, The guy who always gets compared to Miles Sanders, we're going to be going Josh Jacobs or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire here. Uh, Billy, is this kind of the same thing? Are you picking Clyde Woods-Hilaire over uh, Josh Jacobs here? Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I'm a little lower on Josh Jacobs this season. I, I have him on thir- at 13, so at his current price, I'm probably not going to be drafting him. It's just that I don't see, you know, Los An- the Raiders, uh, not Los Angeles, Las Vegas, <laughs> the Raiders, um, they have talked about involving Josh Jacobs in the receiving game more. And, you know, we know that Josh Jacobs can do it, and they've said that they just didn't really want to overwork him last season. But I'm more inclined to follow what they've actually done this offseason. And they brought back Jalen Richard, who saw a ton of targets last season. And while they let DeAndre Washington go, they drafted Lynn Bowden in the third round, who was a wide receiver in college. So, you know... It, the fact seems more likely to me that they're just going to use Josh Jacobs on the ground where he is great. He is a great running back on the ground, but it's hard for me to commit to a running back knowing that he's not going to get a ton of passing work usage. Now, if he does get that passing work in this season, you know, that changes a lot. But for now, like I'll take Clyde, for sure in this one because I I know Clyde's going to be involved in the passing game pretty heavily, and I don't know that with Josh Jacobs. Uh, this is when it starts getting getting pretty uh, pretty close for me, to be honest with you. We're going to be talking Nick Chubb or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now, uh, you talked earlier about you not being very big on Nick Chubb, Robert. So, Billy, uh, is this one close for you at all? Um, No, I have them in two different tiers. I kind of agree with Rob. I'm not too high on Nick Chubb compared to the market. Um, nothing against Nick Chubb. I think he's a talented player, but I think Kareem Hunt 
is definitely going to eat into his receiving work. And that's what I kind of really like. The target is receiving pass catching backs, like dual threat type of uh, running backs. So I don't think uh, Nick Chubb cuts the bill for me. All right. Now, how about this one, Robert? Mixon or Clyde Edwards-Solaire? It's funny because I legitimately was just looking at my rankings. I have Joe Mixon as my RB7. And I was looking like, I don't know. Would I really take Clyde over Joe Mixon? Like, this is really tough. Um, we know Joe Mixon. I know. That's what I'm saying. It's getting close. We know Joe Mixon's a really talented uh, running back. <sighs> I'm going to take Clyde just for usage because Joe Mixon, while he is a very capable receiving back, he has never been really used in that role. Though Joe Burrow could definitely use him in that role this season. We haven't seen it yet. We know Clyde will very, very almost guaranteed, you know, to be used in that passing down role. So, um, I'll take the offense and the guy who is guaranteed to get, you know, more than 40 receptions. And do you feel the same way, Billy? No, I would actually disagree with this one. Um, I actually have okay. Joe Mixon, Clyde Everett-Solaire, and Miles Sanders all in the same tier for me. And uh, Joe Mixon's the top of the tier for me for that one. Uh, I know Joe Mixon doesn't really see – hasn't had like a career year in the receiving game yet, but um, I think just the efficiency on the ground is something that I want to see from Clyde Edwards-Alaire before I rank him over a person that does it on the ground like Joe Mixon. And Joe Mixon puts enough passing work where I think he can uh, be a back-end type of like middling RB1. I think so too. Um, but I think with the uh... – <laughs> Uh, I see uh, make fancy grading again, fancy make on Twitter. But um, I think I think Clyde with that receiving work and being on the offense that he's on should like that allows him to have top five upside that I don't know that Joe Mixon has. Like, I mean, you could. I, you, I'm not sure if you know him on Twitter, Billy, but I know for for a fact you know him, Trey. Fantasy Footbub on Twitter, the OG oh, yeah. Joe Mixon truther, essentially, um, <laughs> is saying that he's going to be the RB2 this season behind Saquon. So um, some people will disagree me with me on that take. But uh, personally, I think Clyde has a ceiling that Joe Mixon doesn't because of the offense and because of the guaranteed receiving back usage. Okay. Well, uh, so uh, we'll be moving on to the next one. Derrick Henry or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? Okay, now, Billy. Now, this is a close one. Derrick Henry is pretty high in a lot of people's redraft rankings. you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire above or below him? Uh, I actually have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire above Derrick Henry. Nothing against Derrick Henry. I like Derrick Henry as a player, but – and uh, point per reception leagues, those are the type of leagues I really play in for redraft. So uh, mm-hmm. just happened, like Rob keeps on highlighting, just the receiving pass game is just so easier for him to score because Derrick Henry relies a lot on just scoring touchdowns and being really efficient on the ground. And if that efficiency comes back to earth, uh, he's definitely going to have some problems uh, repeating the numbers that he did last year. 
Yeah, personally, Robert, do you agree with that? Personally, uh, I actually had Derrick Henry ranked at number four um, this past, you know, month. I did my rankings and had my uh, uh, rankings done for the end of the month. Um, yeah, I had Henry four because I I just believe in the talent and I believe in the player and the fact that the offense is completely built around him. But I've actually moved him down a little bit, not because of Henry, uh, but because an irrelevant player by the name of Corey Davis is starting on the pup. And Corey Davis, while he's not a good player, he has a strong role in that offense. He's a good blocking wide receiver. And he does he he has to be respected at least a little bit by defenses. So um you know, if he's starting on the pup and he's missing six weeks, you know, that takes a lot out of the running game because he's a good blocker and it takes a lot out of the receiving or the passing game um, that came on in the second half of last season where Denry or Henry started to really pick himself up because, um, you know, if you have to respect the passing game, it's hard to hone in on Henry. But, you know, like now this, if, Davis mixes the first six weeks. You could see defenses really like double and triple team AJ Brown all the time, then stack the box against Derrick Henry. And not saying he's not going to be great. Like I said, it would only move him down a few spots. This is where it would kind of move him down to would I rather have Derrick Henry or Clyde Edwards here? Hilaire, they'll probably end up back to back or close to it. So I, in this situation, will take Clyde because of the offense. And like he's, like Billy was saying, PPR is just so much easier to bank on the receptions. All right, so we're about to get into the elite of the elites. Uh, and let me know if this is where you guys cut off the line or not. But uh, the next guy in ADP is Kamara or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, Billy. Is this close for you? Uh, yeah, this is a very good toss-up on um, I don't know how this answer is going to go by the beginning of the season, but um, if I was on the clock, I'd be very tempted to say Clyde Edwards-Solaire, but I would say with uh, Alvin Kamara. Okay, so Alvin Kamara, Billy says this may be where the line's drawn. We'll see what happens. Uh, what about you, Robert? Yeah, uh, I'm going to go with Kamara, too. Um, last year was kind of an off year, but we have a really extended history of New Orleans being – such a great team for running back scoring and Kamara's the guy and Kamara has been an elite running back. He said he was unhealthy last season playing 75% on one leg. I believe him. Uh, I, you know, especially when you saw towards the end of last season, how he started looking once he got healthy again, he looked like Alvin Kamara again. So um, another thing too, Last season, when Drew Brees got hurt, Teddy Bridgewater came in, who was a more conservative option. I feel like that kind of hurt Alvin Kamara in a sense, um, because when he did throw the ball, he went to Michael Thomas. And then, you know, if he's not going very far downfield, it's not really opening things up for Alvin Kamara in the running game. Um, but now Jameis Winston is the backup behind Drew Brees. So if Drew Brees gets hurt, well, you know they're still going to be going downfield. Um, so I, I think things are a little more safe with Alvin Kamara this year. So I am definitely 
in on him as a top four running back. So I'll take him over Clyde. All right, this may be our last one. Uh, Dalvin Cook or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire? What do you think, Robert? This is really, really close. Uh, I loved Dalvin Cook last year because I took him against the green in one of my main redraft leagues. And it, it wasn't, like, too early. Like, it was the 112s. Um, but he was just the highest-ranked running back on my board. And people in that league were more so feeling him around the mid-second to early third range. So, you know, when I took him, they were, like, really against it. And they uh, ripped on my team for basically the whole draft. But, you know... Dalvin Cook came out and was the second best running back all season, but then his injury late in the season kind of cost me in the playoffs. So I've been feeling very indifferent towards Dalvin Cook this offseason. But I don't know. I, I I just don't think it's plausible for me to put Clyde Edwards Hilaire over Dalvin Cook. So I, I, I'll have to take the talent. I'll have to take Gary Kubiak's main running back. All right, so it looks like uh, Robert's drawn the line. Uh, what about you, Billy? Uh, Dalvin Cook, pretty easy here. Uh, Dalvin Cook is ranked my number three running back coming into this year. So um, I don't even think – I think there's two different tiers. Nice. So it looks like um, both you guys have – uh, Clyde Woods-Hilaire is a fringe top five running back for 2020. Um, looks like you guys just had the top three RBs, obviously uh, McCaffrey, Barkley, and Zeke over him. And then uh, Dalvin Cook and Kamara. And then it looks like you guys felt comfortable uh, putting uh, Clyde Woods-Hilaire at least in the same uh, category as uh, Henry Mixon and Chubb, at least in the same tier kind of um so that's pretty interesting um i felt me personally i'd put him in the sanders jacobs tier um but i think that his upside is definitely top five especially in the chiefs offense so we're just gonna have to see uh about what happens for that but that was the end of our uh clad edwards hilaire or game um it's pretty fun i don't think there's a player right now that has more value than him currently it's crazy to me how much his spike just simply because Damian William opted out um maybe just because I didn't think Damian William was gonna have a big role anyways in 2020 but uh we'll just have to wait and see um but we'll be moving on to our main segment it's gonna be going over crowded wide receiving rooms and how we think they're gonna be shaking out um let's see how many we're going over one two three four five six teams are gonna be going over um some of them are from high caliber offenses with uh, a lot of high adb players others are of uh players we think that if uh, they boom that they could be serviceable um, but the first team we're going to be going over is going to be the pittsburgh steelers um my question for you guys is uh billy who is their number two receiver uh do you think it's going to be james washington do you think it's going to be uh, Deontay Johnson, or do you think uh, Chase Claypool is going to be able to take a step up and be a big-time number two option for him? Um, I think James Washington is going to be the number two receiver, but I think Deontay Johnson is going to have the more fantasy-relevant role on the team. But I wouldn't be surprised if a guy like Chase Claypool popped up uh, later on in the year. He's a pretty good, talented receiver that they have. Also, Ryan Switzer is another name. Uh, he's more of a special teams type of guy. 
Uh, Former now, Raider right there. Yeah, but he could still definitely get the job done. But I definitely like Deontay Johnson. Uh, his upside is what can you even say, man? I mean, like he almost popped up into the top uh, 45 receivers last year, top 35 for receptions and top uh, 45 for receiving yards. So with the quarterback situation that they had last year, uh, it's only all the way but up for Deontay Johnson. Um, and then Chase Claypool is more of a dynasty type of target. He's a big body uh, type of X receiver that you kind of like to see, uh, Notre Dame product. So it will be interesting to see how he fits in the NFL. But um, if he can get a role with the team, like they're saying in all these uh, Roto blurbs, I definitely can see myself picking up Chase Claypool in a redraft league later on in the year to help my team out for playoffs. Okay, and what's your opinion on Juju heading into 2020? Do you think that he is going to be the 2018 one that we saw or the one that we saw last year where he just was uh, almost droppable in some leagues? Uh, what do you think that we're going to see from him? Yeah, I like Juju a lot this year, but I think there's always going to be three or four people that are going to like him just a tad bit more. I've been seeing his ADP go in like the second or third round. If I can get Juju in the fourth round, yeah, I like Juju, but I don't think he goes that far, so – uh, to be determined, I think you can get a cheaper guy like we just talked about, Deontay Johnson, later on in the draft that uh, can definitely get the job done for you. And he's about six or seven rounds later. I say I'm a big Deontay Johnson fan. I wrote an article on him on our website, ffbforecast.com. You guys can go check it out. I wrote that a few months back. Um, and it still rings true. His ADP is still uh, extremely low, and the return he's going to bring is still crazy high uh, because I think he is going to be their number two. I know a lot of people are saying James Washington's going to take a big step up, but if, in my opinion, if he was going to take that big step up, it would have been last year um, when Deontay Johnson was a rookie and whenever they really didn't have anybody else there. Uh, I know their quarterback play was not very hot last year, but with Big Ben coming back, I think that possibly Deontay Johnson and James Washington can be serviceable. But if I had to choose, I would say Deontay Johnson. Um, but let's move on to the next team. We're going to be going over my Las Vegas Raiders. Question is, who is going to step up to be an alpha in this offense? Uh, we talked about it earlier. Tyrell Williams and Hunter Renfrew are the vets coming back. They got incoming rookies with Henry Ruggs III and Brian Edwards. Um, Darren Waller still maining down the tight end room. They got Foster Moreau and Jason Winton uh, as their other tight ends. Um, Josh Jacobs is not a good receiving back. He says that he, he can be, but we've yet to see it in the NFL, in my opinion. Um, they re-signed Jalen Richard, and then they uh, brought in Lynn Bowden Jr. in the draft to compete with him in the pass-catching role. So they got a lot of moving pieces around. It's going to be a new offense. It's going to be... It's kind of frustrating for me that there's no off-season program for them to mesh. Um, Derek Carr is going to have to be going up against Marcus Mariota. Um, it's going to be an interesting offense to watch in 2020, in my opinion. Now, who's going to step up and be an alpha? Man, I am. I I'm pretty high on Henry Ruggs. Do I think he's going to step up his rookie year? I, I think there's a chance. Um, I think that Gruden's going to be able to use him all over the field. Tyra Williams was really good last year, um, so. I'm going to say probably Tyra Williams is my vote just to be an alpha in 2020. I think he's going to take the rookies underneath his wing. And uh, I think there's a chance he's going to catch eight-plus touchdowns in 2020, to be honest. Uh, 
who is uh who do you think is going to be the alpha on their team billy do you think it's going to be darren waller or do you think it's going to be uh one of the wide receivers i do like darren waller a lot i think he does return to be the uh alpha receiver on the team but um a sleeper that i kind of like in redraft leagues is hunter renthro he was fantastic last year and greatly exceeded expectations for the ball club but um i think the team definitely revamped the receiving core so it would be interesting to see how much he'll be relied on. But I think the chemistry between him and Derek Carr is something to be noted from last year. And he could be the uh, name that nobody's talking about that could be the most valuable for redraft leagues. I would say uh, he just got dropped in one of my dynasty leagues. It was for one of the Chiefs' backups. I can't remember which one it was. but DeAndre Washington? Yeah, probably. It was either DeAndre Washington or uh... – one of their, of their bums that's not going to do anything. Um, yeah, and I scooped up Hunter Renfro. I was so happy I put the most fab dollars on him that I could because uh, in that league it resets in a couple weeks anyway, so I did not mind spending all of the rest of my fab on him because he's getting drafted in every league. I think he could lead the Raiders in receptions in 2020, and I wouldn't be surprised by that at all um, because, like you said, the connection he had with Carr last year, the offense was so much better with him in the lineup because he was injured for, I think, three or four games. And whenever he was out, our offense is – that's whenever we went on our three to four-game losing streak and really hurt our playoff chances. Um, so I think the offense will run a lot better in 2020 with Hunter Renfro if he's healthy all 16 games. Um, but let's move on to our next team. We're going to be going over the Dallas Cowboys. Question is, can all three options be viable options? C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper – and another question, will there be a top 10 option in 2020? Will any of them pop off to be a consistent top 10, top 10 option? Uh, do you think all three can be viable, Billy? Or do you think that the one's going to be booming and one's going to be busting every week? Or how do you think it's going to shake out? I actually really do like the Cowboys coming into the season as a uh, one of the best offenses in the league behind the Chiefs. I think all three receivers can uh, definitely be supported by – Dak Prescott, you saw it last year with Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and Randall Cobb. Even though Randall Cobb wasn't lighting anybody on fire, I think a guy, if you replace a guy like CeeDee Lamb with him and you still have Gallup and Cooper, there's no way they cannot be all uh, fantasy relevant. But I think it's where do you want to buy these players? I think CeeDee Lamb's uh, dynasty attributes say it enough he was everybody's number one rated uh rookie basically one two or three uh coming into the draft and then michael gallup uh shocked expectations last year and he had a really good season but i think the one that's going to fall off a little bit is amari cooper you see him going the earliest out of all three but i would probably draft the cheapest one and i think the cheapest one is going to be michael gallup for redraft yeah, and I, uh, Michael Gallup, he's an unrestricted free agent in 2021. Mari Cooper does not have any guaranteed money uh, after the 2021 season, so it kind of syncs up perfectly. The Cowboys will be able to choose whether or not they want to re-sign Michael Gallup or they want to cut Amari Cooper or move on from there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they do or what they choose to do 
Um, for me, I think all three can be viable. We saw what the Cowboys passing offense looked like last year. Uh, Kellen Moore is still there. They, they did boot out Jason Garrett, and they upgraded, in my opinion, to Mike McCarthy. So I think that's going to make it even better. Um, Dak Prescott was a top three passer of the football last year, and I think it's going to continue. His options got a lot better. They replaced Jason Witten, and they uh, finally are giving Blake Jarwin some time. He was a lot more athletic and a lot better catcher of the football. Um, they got Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott in the backfield. I mean, I think their offense is going to be great. Uh, top 10 option. I think there's a possible chance for all three to be top 20 options. But for one to be a top 10 option, uh, I mean, it's going to be tough. I think if any of them would be, it would be Amari. Um, and he would be a fringe top 10 option. Um, but it's going to be hard for any of them to boom in 2020. Uh, welcome back, Robert. Uh the question for the Cowboys are, can all three be viable options? Will there be a top 10 option in 2020? What do you think? Um, I think it's possible for all three to be viable options. Uh, I think most likely, though, you're really only going to have um, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup as guys you can play weekly. But um, <laughs> on the bright side, I, I think they are guys that you will be able to trust on most weeks, I think CD Lamb will have stretches and will have weeks where he's, you know, a great wide receiver because he is a great wide receiver in real life and he's in a great offense for that. But rookies never tend to put it all together year one. So I don't really see that happening for CD. I think Michael Gallup is definitely going to be a top 25 wide receiver by the years. And uh, I'm not sure if my rankings have him that way. I think they do. Um, but he's kind of in that sort of Calvin Ridley, um, DK Metcalf range where they're the number two option, but they're very talented and they're going to see a lot of work. And then I have Amari Cooper as my wide receiver 10 on the season. So uh, very close to being a sell here, but he is a, a sneaky, sneaky buy um, as a top 10 option in 2020 and i think if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be amari and uh you can see that reflected in the draft price i mean it's going to be interesting uh another crowded wide receiving room uh dominated by an elite talent we'll be moving on to the green bay packers and the question is who's going to step up besides Devontae adams and if anybody who are our guesses um and that's what it is it's, it's going to be a guess uh Last season, there was no wide receiver, too, really. There was a lot of options with Geronimo Allison, uh, MVS. Um, I mean, th there was a lot of options, and nobody really stepped up besides Devontae Adams. Even whenever Adams was out for a couple weeks with his turf toe, nobody really stepped up then. Um, and it was really concerning because they've invested not a lot of draft capital, not any high-end draft capital, but in the later rounds, uh, two years ago, they drafted a few none of them really panned out they didn't address it in this draft um so maybe they trust that one's going to step up uh do you think that there's going to be anybody stepping up in the green bay packers offense besides adams billy or do you think that i mean i'm just going to pick Devontae adams and not worry about it i actually do like Devontae adams uh i can definitely see him in a weird scenario you draft him over uh michael thomas but um I think Alan Lazard is the guy that you want for the wide receiver, too, for the Packers. Uh, his faith uh, 
with Aaron Rodgers over the end of last season was very noticeable. Aaron Rodgers always talks about him in press conferences and always hypes him up a little bit. So um, I'm definitely going to buy into uh, – what's his name? Damn. Alan Lazard. Yeah, Alan Lazard. I call him the Lizard King, so I didn't want to call him the Lizard King. Hey, see, um, I was about to say, I mean, nobody knows anybody in that offense outside of Devontae Adams, and it's no fault to our own because they've not invested any elite talent yeah. there. Um, we're all hoping that they'll sign Antonio Brown, but that's not going to happen. Antonio Brown does not want to go play in Green Bay, so there's not really anyone they could sign to really help them this season. Um, what do you think, Robert? Brown, though, also is a good dynasty buy as well. I was say, uh, I think he was your special buy, wasn't he? Your your special buy in our episode a couple weeks back, or it was Antonio Brown was somebody's. Uh, yeah, that was mine. Yeah, I was say he was somebody's wild card. So, um, as far as Devont, like Devonte Adams for me is locked and loaded as top three option. Um, you know, Michael Thomas and Tyree Kill are the only guys that I would even consider above Devonte Adams. Um, for me, they're both above him at the moment, but that's, you know, to say he's a top three guy isn't, you know, speaking down on him at all. He's a, due for a huge target share. Um, he has Aaron Rodgers, who's still very talented as a quarterback, as his quarterback. So, you know, Devonte Adams is in a great position to succeed. Um, as far as anyone else, I mean... Devin Funches opted out of the season. Yeah. So he's going. Um, you mentioned Geronimo Allison. He left. And by the way, he did opt out of the season as well. But he, <laughs> he wasn't on the team regardless. But um, so they're bringing back uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling, Alan Lazard, Equinemius St. Brown, if you remember him. He was hurt last year, but he showed some flashes as a rookie. Um, he could kind of get maybe a shot to step i mean they're all gonna get shots at this point because none of them are really proven um if i had to bank on one it would probably be alan lazard he finishes the wide receiver 67 which was the second best wide receiver on this offense last season Uh, um i know it honestly with with the way that i'm feeling about the green bay offense i am more likely to just sit back and not take anyone. I mean, for the price that you're paying for Alan Lazard, it's not that big of a deal to take the shot. Um, But personally, I'm not like super invested into this wide receiver core. I don't really think that anyone's going to be extremely relevant outside of Devontae Adams. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, I feel the same way. I wish that they really would have added some elite talent this offseason. Um, we saw teams trade for them like the Saints did it with Emmanuel Sanders, and maybe the Green Bay Packers could have done that as well, but they failed. Um, we're moving on to the next team. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it says, can Chris Godwin and Mike Evans both be wide receiver one options again in 2020? If not, where do you have them ranked? Um, Robert, what do you think about this? Um, I think yes. I have Chris Godwin at wide receiver seven right now and Mike Evans at wide receiver eight back to back in my rankings. Uh, I think Tom Brady gets a lot of uh, crap 
for not going down the field. But when you look at the wide receivers that he's played with, it's not good when it comes to downfield options. You have um, 2017, Brand, uh, Brandon Cooks was on the team, and he was a, a downfield threat, and Tom Brady supported him as a top 15 wide receiver. I think we can all agree that Mike Evans is – he's Chris Godwin is more of the Julian Edelman type, not that he's going to be – and play the role that Julian Edelman was, but um, he's more of that sort of mold at wide receiver. Evans is more of the downfield type. Um, but yeah, Cooks, and, and that was what, two years ago? So it's not that yeah. far in the past to where you're like, oh, well, Brady was young then, you know? Um, the offensive line for the Bucks looks a little better than the Patriots last season. I looked at it a few weeks ago, I think. And I think the Bucks were top six or seven last season. And the uh, Patriots were around middle of the pack. So that's a decent upgrade. Plus the Bucks have invested in the offensive line. Um, yeah, I, I think that this will be an opportunity for Brady to kind of prove that he hasn't lost it yet and that he is better than, you know, how he's played the past few years with Belichick specifically because he hasn't had the weapons, you know, his, outside of Julian Edelman last season, it was his best wide receiver Nikhil Harry, who was not ready for the NFL game. Clearly um, Philip Dorsett, you know, like the, these options are not inspiring. He spot, he signed with Tampa Bay specifically for the wide receiver options. So I like them both. I, I think they're going to be great. Uh, Billy, I know you're a fan of Gronk this season a bit more because of his connection with Brady. Do you think that Gronk being on the team knocks Mike Evans potentially out of the top 10? Yeah, I actually have Mike Evans ranked around like that 16 to 18 range. Uh, wow, like okay. receiver number two. Um, not because of the talent of the player. Actually, yeah, because of the talent of the player. I don't think Mike Evans is that good of a football player, to be honest with you. Oh, my Whoa. God. Six, three, 1,000-yard season. Off the top row. Oh, my goodness, man. He had every opportunity in the world to be a superstar wide receiver. That's the reason why we all think oh he's a superstar gosh. wide receiver. And I think his draft ADP right now is more a name brand value rather than actual what his role is going to be for this upcoming season. I think the fact that Tom Brady never had a slot receiver like Chris Godwin in his life and Chris Godwin can line up anywhere on the field, his targets are going to be more sustainable than uh, Mike Evans. But Mike Evans is going to get a decrease in the touchdown department, and that's what really saves his number from year to year of being like that stable wide receiver one that we all imagine him being. Oh wow! Okay, that was uh, that was an off the top rope elbow from Billy. Um, <laughs> did you guys say uh, see Maurice Jones Drew came out and said a few days ago that he thinks Tom Brady's going to throw fifty five touchdowns in twenty twenty? Maurice no, Jones Drew said that. Yeah. Uh, well, would that be the record, or is Peyton at fifty six? It's very close um, to the record if, if it's not. Um, so. A uh, strange way to uh, to make a name for yourself, I guess. But I mean, yeah, Murray I mean, Sanders, 
Mason Drew is is a little wild. Um, Peyton has 55. That's the record. Mason Drew, you should have said 56 to at least make it a little bit more of a hot take. But it is what it is. Um, yeah, I think that they both would be wide receiver ones. Um, I think if anyone's not going to be, it's going to be Mike Evans. Um, and I have to agree with a little bit of what Billy said. I think if, if anyone's going to take a dip, it's going to be Evans and his touchdowns are going to be going down significantly if that does happen. But I think that there's still going to be uh, wide receiver one options in 2020. Um, Chris Godwin, I have a, him as a top five wide receiver. Mike Evans as a top 10 wide receiver. So it's, it's a little close. But moving on to our last team we'll be talking about today. It's going to be the Carolina Panthers, and the questions is questions are uh, with the additions of Robbie Anderson. Do you think that DJ Moore will be the top ten option? That is, ADP says he's going to be. And who do you think is going to have a better season, Curtis Samuel or Robbie Anderson? Um, we talked about this a little bit pre-show, and you guys shocked me with your answer. Uh, I'll let uh, I'll let Billy go first, real quick. Um, I really don't like Robbie Anderson too much. Um, DJ Moore, I definitely think he's going to be a top five wide receiver for this upcoming season. Just how bad that defense is and how they're going to be put in uh, different offensive scenarios where they're going to want to have to push the ball. I think DJ Moore benefits tremendously from that. And I also do like a upside target dart in uh, Curtis Samuel. Because he's just such a dynamic player that they're going to have to draw a place for him. All right, Robert, uh, do you agree that uh, DJ Moore is going to be a top five option? And do you think that uh, Curtis Samuel or Robbie Anderson? Um, hold on one second. I'm just trying to pull up a list really quick to help help. The okay, case. well then. I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. Um, do I think DJ Moore is going to be a top ten option? Um, I mean, it's tough. Dynasty, I have, him, I have him as a top eight play. I have him as my wide receiver eight. If we're talking redraft, I'd probably go down rather than go up just because of that offense. I mean, they signed Teddy Bridgewater to a three-year deal. Do I think that Teddy Bridgewater is going to be the starter for all three years? Hopefully not. Um, if it's my opinion, they're last in their division. Their division stacked. Their wins aren't going to be there. They may not be overly well this year and get a good quarterback next year, whether that is Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, if they trade up to get him. Um, I think that's very possible. Um, and that's why I have DJ Moore as a good dynasty play. But, you know, redraft, we're talking in 2020. I'm not too sure that he's going to get the target share enough to be a, a top 10 or even top five option that you guys are saying. I know you guys think his targets are going to be there. Christian McCaffrey is going to eat into it a lot. Curtis Samuel. I think Curtis Samuel is going to be uh, not a focal point of that offense, but I mean, I think they're still going to try to get him open a lot like they used to. Um, and Robbie Anderson, he's going to be a downfield threat. We know what he's going to bring to the table. Um, so he's going to be a top. Uh, I mean, I I think Robbie Anderson has a good bet to score six, seven touchdowns this year. Um, Robert, what do you think about that offense? All right. So I wanted to highlight the point that Billy made real quick the defense um i went and looked at the panthers free agency departures uh they released eric reed which i mean eric reed wasn't really good last season but he was a starter at safety for them uh bruce Irvin left again not really good per se but he was um on the field a lot 
James Bradbury, their, I believe, cornerback one or two, left, signed with the New York Giants. Mario Addison, a starting defensive end for them, signed with the Buffalo Bills. Vernon Butler, starting defensive lineman, signed with the Buffalo Bills. Gerald McCoy, obviously, left to go sign with the Dallas Cowboys. And then they cut another safety by the name of Colin Jones. And, of course, the big one, Luke Keekley retired. So yep. um, they took a lot of losses on defense. They're trying to replace most of them with uh, rookies, where they spent their entire draft class on rookies, uh, on Literally. defense, I meant. And um, I, I just don't think you can replace those high-caliber players like Gerald McCloy, Mario Addison, James Bradbury, Luke Keekley with rookies, and then you know expect similar production. Uh, so for me, like Billy said, I think the defense is going to put them in a position where they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. And because of that, I, I do like DJ Moore, again, as a top five option. I have him ranked as my number five wide receiver for this season. You mentioned that you think Christian McCaffrey is going to eat into him a little bit, but I think there's an easy pathway for both of these players to receive at least 140 targets because they are going to dominate in the short game, which is what Teddy Bridgewater likes to do. He averaged six yards as uh, average depth of target last season, which is crazy because the next lowest uh, with at least 100 dropbacks, the next lowest was Jimmy Garoppolo at 6.7. So almost a whole yard less than the next lowest quarterback. That's how much Teddy Bridgewater likes to throw short. That's not saying that he can't throw short. That's not, or he can't throw the, the the long ball. That's not saying that you know he doesn't have the options to now. You know he definitely does with Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. But if it's his choice, he's going to go short. And DJ Moore is a great talent in the NFL, and Christian McCaffrey is a great talent. I mean the best running back in the league. So uh, they're going to be very, very heavily involved. I would not be surprised to see them combine for 300 targets. At that point, we talk about the other options, Robbie Anderson or Curtis Samuel. I think we've kind of seen what Robbie Anderson has to offer at this point. Every year we kind of get more excited for him, and he just kind of disappoints because he's very inconsistent as a player, which is fine, you know, like, inconsistent players have roles on teams. Um, so I'm willing to take the shot on Samuel over Anderson because I, while I think Anderson might be the better player now, um, Samuel's entering year three, could hit that sort of breakout, had a big-time role last season, third most routes run in football, I think. Um, yeah, he he's very utilized, so I think getting a, a, an upgrade as far as accuracy at quarterback um, will help him. I'd rather take a shot on a player that I don't you know, believe is inconsistent like Robbie Anderson. Yeah, that, it's going to be interesting to see what the offense is going to look like. Uh, with Matt Rule and uh, Joe Brady there, I think that uh, no one quite knows what to expect. Um but with all those options, at least we're going to know it's going to be consistent. Um, there are not any booms there. I mean, DJ Moore and Christian McCaffrey are booms, but with Teddy Bridgewater leading the way, 
Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to have, for them to have a big boom week. Yeah, they're um, especially not especially with Christian McCaffrey there. They're not boom guys. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is a boom guy, obviously, because he's Christian McCaffrey. But like DJ Moore is not a boom guy. He's a guy that is just going to likely see ten targets a week, close to it. And at that point, like, you know, how do you not have him as a top five wide receiver in PPR leagues? Exactly, especially whenever he's going to be catching uh, eight of them, if not all of them, every week. Because um, they're so short. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because they're all going to be across the middle in short routes, and he's going to be good with yards after catch. Um, but that's going to be the end of our episode. Uh, Robert and Billy, do you guys want to kind of uh, promo your episode for the upcoming week and tell them where they can find you guys on Twitter and where they can find the podcast on YouTube and everywhere else? Sure thing. Uh, at Dynasty Force Pod on Twitter, Dynasty Force Podcast on YouTube. If you have any questions, you can message me or Billy. On Twitter at FantasyForceFB for me, at Getting Bills for Billy. Billy, uh, give another hot take. Ooh, Billy's been giving hot takes all night. Give a DFS hot take for tonight, uh, Bucks and Rockets. Uh, It's going on. It's going on now, but we're gonna act like it hasn't been. Um, I'm gonna say Chris Middleton is the leading scorer of the game. Ooh. Oh. Okay, I I think that's tough with uh, Giannis and Harden, but we'll we'll have to see. Did, uh, did you play Middleton? Yes, played uh, Middleton. Okay. As of right now, I don't know if you're cheating here, Billy, but Chris Middleton is the leading scorer in the game. But we're still in the first <laughs> quarter. Nah, hey, he, we'll see what happens. He's got ten points already, dude. He's thirteen hot. now. Yeah, Number three. Uh, still, just one. All right, so uh, I like the hot take. Uh, I like where they could find you guys. Your your guys' podcast and YouTube is absolutely killing it. I love tuning in every week and watching it. Um, I'm excited to see who you guys get on the guest this week. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a big time guy, maybe like Matthew Barry or uh, some something like that. You know, if it isn't Matthew Barry, then I will retire as the host. <laughs> hey we'll uh we'll see what happens but i'm excited uh it's going to be coming on wednesday night uh i'll for sure be tuning in me and uh fellow forecaster shane will be going on tomorrow um we'll be going over uh our nfl power rankings we went over 32 through 25 uh next week it's going to be 24 i think through 17 or something like that um then we'll be given uh, a sleeper or a player we think is gonna uh, be busting off of each team so it's gonna be pretty fun uh Teams 30, 32 through 25, uh, it, it, it was pretty hard to choose a good player on that team because it was full of, like, the Jets and the Jags. And, of course, you know, Shane picked Gardner Minshew. But he's on the COVID list right now, so uh, we'll see what happens with him. Uh, yeah, definitely. But uh, thank you guys for coming on. Uh, I know all of us are going to hop off here and watch the rest of this NBA game. Uh, we're going to see what happens. It looks like the Bucks are up big. I hope my boy James Harden can turn it around. I hate Russell Westbrook, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, thank you guys for coming on, and uh, I'll be looking for your podcast here in a couple of days. And I hope you guys have a good Western week, and thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks a lot, everyone. Thank you.